And uh, as we look at Psalms chapter 1, we begin to deal with you this year concerning being offended and being bitter and living with that offense and bitterness in our lives. The Lord began to deal with me because the last days, the Bible said, is going to be plagued with offenses. Many shall be offended. And because of iniquity abounding, the love of many is going to wax cold. The original word for the love of many waxing cold begins to teach us not, not, not filial love, but agape love. Because of the iniquity abounding and offense, that agape love that only comes from God. The only way to know agape love is to know God. The Bible says that the love of many, the, the passion, the love of God shed abroad in our hearts will grow cold because of offense. Many shall be offended and shall betray one another, shall turn on one another, hurt one another. Then many false prophets will rise. So the plague of the last days being deception, we have, we, have, we, have, we have studied, analyzed, tried our best to get into that as preachers and ministries for years dealing false doctrine. We don't want to be deceived with false doctrine. We don't want to be deceived with false doctrine. All, all these different religions of the world. But in reality, what it's teaching us is not just a deception concerning to false doctrines concerning other religions as it's much concerning to our deception and the twartedness and the pervertedness of the very gospel that we believe. And because offense, that's what's going to bring the tidal wave of deception. Because I'm hurt I'm offended. I wrestle. The Bible says that it's impossible that offense. It is needful. It is without possibility it, that, that you can stay away from offense. In other words, it's going to plague your life. Everywhere you turn, every given moment of your life is going to be filled with the opportunity to be offended. The word offense is the bait that is on the trap that I can take and then I'm trapped in the bitterness, in the offense. The thing that's done to me is the bait. It's not the trap itself. It's the bait that gets me trapped. Then once I'm trapped, I struggle, I battle. The reason why we're going to be able to be deceived is because of that, our love for truth is going to become mixed with our love, selfish love, to feel accepted, affirmed. That's what we're going to begin to crave. We don't, we, we don't, we don't love truth. We want to hear what we want to hear. Therefore, it's going to bring in the fact that in the last days, many are going to heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Tell me what I want to hear. Let me feel good. You ask 90% of the people that go to church any given Sunday at a restaurant, what does your church teach? I don't know. What does your church believe? Well, they believe Jesus died for our sins. and But what is your church? And at any given time, most 90% are not going to be able to tell you what the church 16 fundamental doctrines of faith are. Because that doesn't matter. What matters is do they got a big social program? What matters do they make me feel accepted? What matters they make me feel loved? That's your normal response. Why do you go? Because they make me feel loved. They make me feel this. They make me feel that. And so the drive is not the soul desire to be in truth, to walk with God. The desire is to make me feel affirmed, accepted. That's been no problem for us in the church world until now we're living in a society that is screaming 
and in our public school systems, our public jobs is getting way out of hand because now it's acceptance, 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 acceptance. I just seen a, a, a clip of us on a social media where two people are living together. You, you don't say man and woman anymore or husband and wife. You say partners is what they want you to say. But they're not just partners. They're, they're dogs. They're, they, they, they identify as dogs. And it's, 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 it's hilarious and sickening all at the same time. They're growling at each other. And then they lick each other on the cheek. Ain't no kiss, it's a lick. <laughs> Dalton said, God help us. <laughs> you begin, but that's a reality. That, that, that's a reality. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I, I sub and I'm in some of these school systems here in this uh, county. Amen. And it, 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 it's, and you school teachers out here can, you know, testify to some of this yourself. But it is, it is so, but that's how far. And then now we're going to get to the point where all of a sudden all things is accepted until a grown man that is older can say to himself, I identify as a 10-year-old that can be with another 10-year-old. Come on, somebody. Perversion and deception. And because we live in, in a world that doesn't know where truth is and chaos, we have to ask ourselves, what is truth? Is there a desire in me? The Bible says, how are we going to see the Antichrist in the last days? How are we going to say, how, who's, who's going to believe that the Antichrist, you know, how's that going to happen? There's no way we're going to believe that there's an Antichrist, there's a Jesus, and then there's this new Jesus that comes along. The Antichrist, there's no way I'm going to believe that. And the Bible plainly teaches us in the New Testament that it's going to happen and the deception is going to happen because we do not have a love for truth. We don't have a love for the word of God. We don't have a love for truth. That's not just in biblical stance. That's in everything. There's two sides to every story. We don't want to hear both sides. We want to hear just one. We don't want truth. Put, put them in, in the same room and, and confront and lies start to dissipate and truth to be standing in the middle of the room. But we don't desire that. We don't long for that. We have a, in, our, in our media right now, I want you to see this entire worldview that we are living in right now and the culture that we're living in. The Bible said truth will be fallen in the streets. All of this coming from hurt and pain and offense we're going to live in the last days in a world full of hurt and brokenness. And it's a reality. The brokenness is real. The hurt is real. That's the reason why the enemy bombards the home. Because if he can get us broken as children, then we seek out the most important decisions of our lives from the brokenness. We seek out the most important decisions in our lives and the choices that we make, our careers, our, our marriages, our friendships, our relationship, based from that pain, from that hurt, the perception of rejection, the perception of abandonment. This, Sister Cindy, in our class Wednesday night, was very powerful. We was dealing, if you've not been here on Wednesday nights, it's just, it's just been mind-blowing what we're learning, and uh, we've been on the fact of being, a fam being in the family of God and what the Bible teaches concerning being planted and being rooted and grounded and settled and being part of the family of God. That's what this is, and we're dealing with that. Uh, I am no longer a stranger. I'm no longer an exile. I'm no longer a foreigner. That's what the Bible says. I am no longer because in Christ I have found my home, and then the Bible in that same teaches me that he has planted me in the family of God in the people of God, in, in, in the house of God, to be rooted and grounded and become part of that family. But we wrestle with that and we say, well, I, I feel a, like I'm a stranger. I feel like I'm an exile. I feel like I'm this, this, and this. And we're dealing with that on Wednesday night. I was dealing with that and it just got off on this again. That all comes from the way that I feel. 
But when I'm revelated to the word of God, the Bible says you're no longer a foreigner. You're no longer an exile. You're no longer a stranger. You're no longer a guest. But I have made you right at home in my house, in my family. And he says, I have placed you in the body as it pleaseth me. Functioning as a major vital part. And nobody can say to the ear, the eye can't say to the ear, I don't need you. The ear to the, to the toes, I don't need you. Or, or any part of the body can say to any other part of the body, you're not as important. And all of a sudden, the significance and being, feeling, and wanting to be in significance all of a sudden goes out the window because God teaches us that every single cell in this body function in its need for each other and to be a part. It, I wish y'all could hear me right. I'm saying that. I cannot be separated from the rest. If you take any part of me away from me and separate me from me, I no longer exist as me. Now, there are some body parts and organs that to me, like appendix, could be taken out but, uh, and, 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 not, and then not cause me damage. We might live without one kidney. I understand all the physical science part of that. But what I'm saying is when you do take that out, that appendix can no longer function outside the body. That kidney, once taken out, can no longer function outside the body. Anytime you take any part of me out from me, and put it by itself, it no longer, it, there is an ingrained need for one another in this body called Greg Atkins. It's the same way in the body of Christ. We need each other. And the enemy targets our relational issues, our social issues, by pain and hurt. So again, we pull to what makes us feel comfortable. The people that we connect with are people that makes us feel safe and comfortable. And so all of a sudden, our, our version of ourselves, our, 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 our desire and our journey for ourselves is to find what makes me happy, what makes me feel fulfilled, what makes me feel protected, what makes me feel, amen, accepted, all of that, all because I am the, the greatest thing is not drugs, alcohol, all of that is self-centeredness. It's focused on me. So all of a sudden, instead of seeking out what makes true happiness, what brings true fulfillment, I am seeking it to find what makes me happy. And so when I find that, then so then when things change, circumstances change, people change, then all of a sudden I am left again in search of something that I cannot find. You need to know that you cannot find it in friendships. You cannot find it in a marriage. I don't care. That's why we got five times married people. I couldn't find it in this. I couldn't find it in this one. That's the problem. I, it was her. If I could get me a new one. Well, you was in love with her when you married her. Well, I will love him. Well, then you would get. And then, so now all of a sudden we're searching for love in all the wrong places. You understand Trying to find the fulfillment. Then somebody says, I'm finally happy. Great, after five tries, you got it right. But I can promise you, after being married for a little while, you're going to wake up and realize she ain't your fulfillment. He's not your fulfillment. I love my children. But it is an endless, deep hole to try to find your fulfillment. Fulfillment in, 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 in people. So then all of a sudden, everything in your life you use to make you happy. Everything becomes what makes using things to make me happy. Using things to make me feel contented. I use my, my marriage. I then use my children. Then you got women using living through their children. You got men living through their children. Fulfillment. And as great as I love mine, and I'm pride in a godly pride with mine, very proud of them. They are not and cannot be my fulfillment. They don't have the power. 
And therefore, in our church, we'll let them do whatever they want to because we want them to be happy. And we're raising them just like the need. Are you with me? Then where does this at? Because God begins to teach us in his word. This is where we got with this bitterness and offense and stuff because Joseph made it through. 87% of the stuff that happens to us is assumption. We assume it. Can you say amen? The other day, Jesse was, uh, y'all just get ready for this on social media now because you know how these social media fanatics are. Jesse had to go to the realtor uh, down in uh, Florida to, to put a house up for sale. And Cason uh, had not got to go to the peanut festival yet and wasn't going to get to go this year, nor Chase. And so we decided to go. So we went, our family went. Jesse didn't get to go, okay, and because she was running behind from being down there. And so we went, and uh, my older kid, they're all going to ride rides. And so I've got Cason. And I want to make sure, and I'm sure not going to let Sissy have him by herself because you know how that is. He's running around. He don't understand waiting in a line. He's ready to ride right now. Monster truck. You already seen him yesterday, too. He At the football game, he done got him on some pads, has a helmet on, and that helmet was bigger than him, and it kept pulling his head back like this. He said, Daddy, I play ball football. I said, yes, sir, buddy. And I got it. He done hit Chase, ready to tackle but me and in fact, I saw you with sis, I saw you with Caitlin Hutto at the peanut festival. You were carrying a diaper bag, and you and her was helping that little that he he's done left Jesse. And he's with Caitlin. He's with Sissy. <laughs> you all look for it. It's gonna be on coming coming soon near you, social media. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I said, I looked, see, she finally halfway through it because we went even thinking. I said, you know what? Because there's different people from all over there. I said, you just wait. I said, we've seen people we ain't seen in years. I said, dear God, they're going to have it all over. Me and you. The facts is, was we there together? Yes. As a family? Yes. As everybody was we making sure Cason had a blast? Yes. The truth is, I'm happily married. The truth is, Sister Jesse was with her. Are you following me? It, amen. But we live on facts and not truth. Most people won't seek that out. They'll go by what they see, and then I'm cutting up about all that. I promise I am. But what I'm trying to say to you is the facts is you saw us. The fact is we were helping him get. The fact is I was carrying the diaper bag. Then she would carry the diaper bag. We were trying to make sure he had a blast, and we were taking care of him and letting him have a blast, and she was having to ride every ride with him because Chase wasn't there yet to ride with him until about two hours later. And so, therefore, the facts are this, but the truth is this. The difference between facts and truth, we only accept facts, assumption. And 87% of the stuff that we are offended and hurt over is assumption. Only 13% is intentional. You didn't heard me say that, and so I'm just reiterating that to get to this. So 13%. So when the 13% means they intentionally hurt me, they intentionally betrayed me, they intentionally, when in reality, and in reality, it isn't that they intentionally did it as much as the frail, failed human system, flawed system of humanity that lives in a flawed state. They're seeking filio. They're seeking love and affirmation and affection and acceptance themselves. So in their journey, in their pursuit of all of that, guess what happens? They don't care who they hurt. So in that, they didn't intentionally say, I just want to hurt Greg. I just want to hurt Scott. I just want to hurt Dalton. I just want to hurt Leah. I just want to hurt Rebecca. That it's not that they intentionally even said that. The 13% of that that happened. They're, they're just in their pursuit of happiness and contentment. And, 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 and finding themselves. They don't care. We rise. We climb. We, we push to get to the level that we want to get to. Because we're chasing something that's not there. So even in the 13% that is we call intentional portrayal hurt. That we can really be offended over. 87% is assumption. But 13% is not. It's the reality. Even in that, he teaches me what to do with it. What to do with that hurt. What to do with that pain. What to do with that offenses. He teaches me to pray for my enemies. 
He teaches me to do good to them that despitefully use me. Do good to them that despitefully use me. We can go that. We haven't, you know, in this entire teaching, we not even got on what we're supposed to do with that yet because we've been stuck on Joseph. But Joseph comes through the test and we've been on him and he comes out the other side. Betrayal, hatred, despised, rejected. They hated him. The hate turned into such a bitterness. The offense turned into such a bitterness that it became hatred and a wicked hatred to kill him, to murder him. To murder him. My first church I pastored, I had a man that was one of the most humblest men you ever met. He would make you cry. Do you ever been around somebody that was so humble and he, real, genuine humility that just make you want to just cry when you was around them because they just broke you because they so humble? That's the way he was. Big old robust guy like me. My dad, he, he was, he was a, you know, a, a, a big guy, you know, just muscle, very, very, very alpha male. But he was so broken and so humble. All of it, and I got to talk. When I first started pastoring there, I'd say, hey, but he was the most sweetest, humblest man that you would ever meet. And come to find out his story, his wife had left him and he went through such a bitter state of hate and it turned into hate that he connived how to murder his ex-wife and the man that she went off with. And he, he could not, he, he figured it out, had wrote it out and planned it out in his mind, in his heart and had set to do it. But in the middle of going to commit the murder and ruin his life, the hand of God without a shadow of a doubt, stopped him. And when he realized God stopped him and God was trying to save him and rescue him, he broke him, he wept, he sobbed, he cried. And he, he'll tell you his testimony if you're close enough to him. He said, now I have a hard time even swatting a fly. God turned his life around. He said, I couldn't even hardly kill a fly now. He said, I, I, he said I'm broken over a fly. Bin. Why? Because God turned all that around. But bitter, same thing that happened with Cain and Abel. We begin to see that through all of this. Bitterness turns offense, turns into bit Jealousy turns into offense, turns into bitterness. And when you are bitter or offended, you will hear things that are not said. You will see things that's not right. It'll live it out in front of you, but you'll see it and you'll perceive it as one thing when it's totally something else. We, in Wednesday night, Sister Cindy, that's what I said a while ago, said the imagination, Brother uh, Daryl brought up the statement. He said, so that means what we're talking about when imaginations are being cast down. He's like, yes, that's it. And because you perceive it as reality, you believe it, that that's real. This, all this is real. Then, Pastor, how in the world with all this stuff, this fake and deception, am I to know? You have to know and understand this. A love for the truth. Then what is true? Searching the scripture to know what the word of God says and become rooted and grounded in the word of God. Not from a heart that wants to prove anybody wrong, not from the wrong, but a born again heart that's born of the Spirit that wants to know the author of the story, the one that wrote this. Are you 66 books, over 40 authors, spanning over 3,600 years from different continents, different walks of life? You heard what he said, doctor. There's a doctor that wrote in uh, the, in the script there. There's a there's a tax collector as part of my all of them say and wrote the scripture being inspired by God over 15, are you listening to all over those dinner? Amen, sometimes spanning 1,500 years, but yet all of them wrote, amen, in unity and harmony, amen, on the same subject to the point that 300 prophecies was fulfilled in the coming of Christ. Can you shout amen? I want you to know this. Let me just put this in here. If 300 prophecies were fulfilled by his birth, then you got to know that all the hundreds of prophecies about his return is going to be fulfilled. And I'm excited about Jesus coming back. 
But when you realize that and understand that, then you grab, you grab the, the, the flawlessness or, or the flaws of man and the failure of humanity. I cast myself at the foot of that one. Can you say amen? That is the son of the living God, the Messiah. And I say, I surrender to you. And so now I want to know what your book is about. I want to know what your word says. Amen. And when I read Genesis and Exodus, it's a heart for love for the author. Then I'm going to put my root. That's what happened with Joseph. He was rooted in his father's love. That's how it all started. He was based in his father's love. His identity was in the fact that I am loved. Amen. Which represents the fact that we and our identity must come from the fact that I know I am loved by God, that God has accepted me in Jesus Christ. He has forgiven me of my sins. And when I ask him to forgive me and come into my heart, amen, I am born again, born of the Spirit. Are you listening to me? Filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Now I have a desire for the things of God. I have a desire for the work of God. I have a desire desire for the family of God and all of that beforehand and right now on the outside is to attack that desire to attack that craving to attack, or attack that passion but my word, amen is this, Lord I want to love your word, have a passion for your word because the only protection, provision comfort, joy happiness, contentment, peace calmness can only come from that which is secure and the only security in this life is the word of the living God some of you sitting in this room I've been in your life long enough to watch you find out stuff that was true the stuff that you found out about your parents that you thought was true or wasn't true and you found that out and it shook your foundation. Why is that? Amen. Because I can't build my faith in any security but in Jesus Christ and the word of God. When you do that, then a peace is going, a calmness is going to come on you. Let the storm around me rage. My faith is not in the situation or the circumstances, but what the word of the living God says. Joseph is based in that. It's what took him through the selling of him, putting in the pit, the selling. And then when Potiphar bought him, amen, it's what took him through that. It's what took him through Potiphar's wife wanting to, to, to be tempted by him, to lay with him, and he refused. And he said, how can I sin? She said, I, I want to lay, I want me and you to have a relationship. I, I, me and outside my husband. He said, ma'am, how can I do this against my God and against my master? How could I sin against my master and against God? He said, I'm not going to do this, not because, are you listening to me? Amen, that my flesh is not raging and my flesh is not being attacked and my flesh is not being pulled, but my love for the authority in my life, the master, amen, and my love for God overrides my desire for the flesh and the temptation of the flesh. Why? Because he knew there's no security in this. There's no security in the flesh. There's no security in the arm of flesh. So there's more security in the fact that he loves me. I love him. I'm walking in his way. I will not sin against my master and against God. How, how, how do you stay away from sin? That's how. You fall in love with God. You know your identity is in God. And then you know this, it's his word. So I, if his word says not to, then I can't do it. Not that, not, not that I won't wrestle to want to do it, but I can't do it. When the want to's there, the can't do takes over and says, I can't do this against my God. How could I sin against my God? How could I walk separate from his ways? separate from his word, then you know what that is? That's a life of faith. It's not just one moment coming here saying, well, I believe he died. I believe he was born. And that's it. It's a lifestyle of faith. Joseph's rooted in that and he makes it through the bitterness out the other side and he doesn't hate his brothers. Why? Because he realizes that man don't have that kind of power. Circumstances don't have that kind of power. 
They're not in control. I told you last week. Amen. Sister Tristan texted me that in the middle of my preaching and said that in the book of Job, Satan never had a say so. Only was given permission. He come before God and said, and God said, have you considered my servant Job? And Job and the devil said, yes, I have, but you got a hedge built around him. He never had a say-so. He gave him permission, but he never had a say-so of what was going to happen. He never had a say-so of what he could do. He never had a say-so of how he could tempt him. He never had a say-so of how he could, amen, persecute him. He only had permission to do what the Father allowed him to do. Well, if the devil ain't got a say-so, then you need to rise up in your life and say, you're a liar. The circumstances is a lie. The situation is a lie. There ain't but one truth, and that's the truth of God. Amen. And if my father gave you permission and allowed this in my life, then my father knows exactly where I'm at. He knows exactly what's going on in my life. And when he gets done with whatever he wants to do with this, he's going to make it work for my good to his glory. Somebody give him praise in this house. Hallelujah. That ought to bring a stability about you. That ought to cause you to lift your hands. That's why the Bible said you're a tree planted by the rivers of living water. Tended to by the fruit or, 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 the, or the freshness of the word of God. Of the water of God. Of the, uh, of the river of God. And in the winter season, you'll still bring forth fruit. In the summer season, you'll still bring forth fruit. Why? Because I am never based on circumstances, uh, amen, and conditions. Uh, but I am based uh, on my position in Jesus and the word of the living God. Woo! Somebody give him praise in this house. So my praise is not connected to the emotional side of the song. My praise is not connected with how fast, with how slow, with how pretty. My praise is in the fact, does it help me? Yes, sir. Does the words remind me of something in me? Yes, sir. But my praise is based on the fact he loves me. I fell in love with him. I submitted to his word. And therefore, I have nothing to fear in this life. He, amen, give him glory to this. Man alive. Hallelujah. In the word of God, I'm trying to get to my scripture today so we can get started in this. Joseph come out the other side. And the Bible said he had a Manasseh and he had Ephraim. And then his father that he got back in his life blessed him and said, you're a fruitful bow. You're a fruitful branch. You're a fruitful vine. Amen. Your, 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 your blessings and your vine has reached way beyond me, way beyond your family. Praise God. In other words, Daddy's saying, I didn't do what you, I didn't do all this. God's in control. Hallelujah. Your, 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 your fruit, your bow, your vine has reached over the walls. This ain't Daddy. Daddy couldn't have wished this good enough for you. Mama couldn't have wished this good enough for you. Amen. Praise God. Are you getting that? Because daddy didn't believe his dream. His brothers didn't believe his dream. Daddy now in his old age said, buddy, guess what? Daddy was wrong when I, did, when I didn't believe you because that dream wasn't from you. It was from God. Your bow has reached over the wall. Hallelujah. I can put you so far. I can try to position you so far, but I can't do what he does. But you are a fruitful bow. You're not just a bow. Amen. A B-O-U-G-H. You are a fruitful bow, and you are blessed. And all of a sudden, the nations of the world are blessed because of what he went through. God, help me preach this. I'm telling you, it's not about what you're going through. It's about what you, go, you went in with and what you're coming out with. That is what the purpose and the plan that matters anything. I came into it with it. I'm coming out with it. Devil, you can't have it. Bitterness, you can't have it. Offense, you can't have it. You can't have it. I'm coming out of this and I'm going to be a fruitful bow. He prevents, protects, and provides for the family of God. And Joseph said, You didn't do this. God did it. And God used your failureness to do it. 
God used your flawed life to do it. If you can live longer than the situation and the circumstance, outlive the bitterness, outlive the offense, outlive it, you're going to realize like Joseph, man didn't do this. Circumstances didn't do this. You're going to spend less time rebuking devils and more time praising God. You're going to spend less time rebuking circumstances and more time giving God glory to the all-seeing eye of Almighty God. Hallelujah, and give the devil no credit to what he does. Can you say amen? I'm coming out of this. And so all of a sudden you realize that the glory of God is in the fact that he plants me. He rescues me and he plants me in his house. And where he speaks of me is a plant, a tree that's not being moved around. And that's where we've been. Why don't you lift your hands right now and say, I want to be a planted person. A settled person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a fly tonight to go see my grandbaby be born. Can you say, man? That's the plan of God. That's the will of God. Can you say, man, I'm going to enjoy my grandchildren. That's already got a prophecy on her little life. That when she walks in the room, praise God, the Spirit of God's going to have an influence because she's going to be a pursuer of God. Amen. That You say, when did that come? That came this summer at youth camp before we even knew what the gender was. Amen. When Brother Massey walked up in the spirit in the middle of that youth service and youth camp and prophesied and called it a female. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And it says, she will. Praise God. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, guess what? The reveal that happened the next day. Come on, somebody. Amen. It, 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 the Holy Spirit done revealed. The Holy Spirit done busted the pink out. Praise God before the hair of the blue. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing me? And he says she's going to be a pursuer of God, a pursuer of the things of God. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. That, that's what it is, being planted long enough. Come on. Do you know the enemy would have loved to destroy this from the very get-go? Do you know the enemy would have loved to destroy our little home, our little house, would have loved to destroy James's life? And then he tried to come on. He would have loved to destroy James's marriage, James everything, all of that. He love to destroy all that why because he wants it all in havoc you know why he wants it all not to be why because he don't want us to be planted in the house of God with our branches shot towering come on with fruit coming off the other end he don't want that but you are to turn your life now and say you know what I not only am going to go to the church I'm going to be planted I'm going to be planted in my friendships I'm going to be planted in my relationships I'm going to be planted in my marriage I'm going to be planted in my job I'm I'm going to be planted in my career. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here to help me. Why? It's the will of God and God gets glory over longevity. Can you say amen? Everything in this life is, sw is swiftly passing. He gets glory when we stand. Why? Because people in your jobs are going to look at you and say, you've been here through the good times and the bad times and the low times and the high times. Come on. And the scrutiny, you're still here. Praise God. Brother Brian being blessed right now now, blessing the company, blessed, breaking records, doing all the things he did. I'm going to tell you, amen, he, they, when they made the exchange and they sold the company out, it didn't look good, and they, amen, but guess what, amen, he stayed past the emotions, he stayed past the circumstantial look of it, he stayed past what the facts were, and he stayed long enough to hear the truth, and now he's more blessed than what he was before, come on somebody, and he's planted, I, saw, I feel the Holy Ghost, God wants you to have focus. He wants you to be planted so people can look at your life and say, they went through the storm, but they're still here. They went through that cold, hard winter, but they're still here. God gets the glory out of the settledness and the plantedness in our lives. I'm not swayed by the wind and the rains and the storms. Can you say amen? Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house, don't you? I don't have time to get off on all the other. I just want to start quoting scriptures to you about being rooted. 
and about being grounded. Hallelujah. Like Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted, built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. I'm just glad to be settled. I'm just glad to be rooted. I'm just glad to be grounded. Praise God. My friendships is not in their decisions. My friendships are from the fruit of the word of God. And the friendships that connect to me from the word of God and the rootness of the word of God, the firmness of the word of God. Ephesians 3 and 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. But we're going to go to Psalms 1 today. Let's go there. Everybody say, let's go there. I'm going to slow down and talk to you. Somebody say, oh, you, you've been talking for 30 minutes. we got to get to the restaurants by 1230. Whew. Verse 1, for the sake of time, Psalms 1 and 1. We're going to go straight to the Amplified. You ready? Which is just a commentary to the, to the King James, and it just amplifies the definitions of the original language. And I want you to shout it out with me. Blessed. Happy. That's what this word blessed means. Fortunate. Prosperous. And enviable. Amen. Do you know that the book of Psalms is, is, is spans the first, the first book of Psalms, which there's like three books of Psalms in this, but the first 20-something chapters is spread and, and in 52 on into the first part. All of these chapters spans the life of, of David's first, where he was a child seeking the face of God, his failure or his call to be king, his failure. All of these, all these psalms are written from him during that time. Psalms 1 is the gateway, the door into the rest of psalms. So this teaches me right here how to be blessed. You ready to say blessed? What's blessed mean? Happy. Fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is who? The man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and their purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. Stop there. Powerful. What does he begin to teach me here? Walk, counsel, and sit. Where do I walk, stand, and sit? The three decisions of my life. Walking, where I'm going, where do I take my stand? Where do I get my counsel, where do I take my stand, and where do I sit? What do I rest in? Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm going to read this first three verses, and then we'll, we'll go to more of this. But his delight and desire is where? are in the law of the Lord and on his law, on his precepts, his instructions and the teachings of God, he desires. Amen. His teaching, his, his, his desire, his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, the precepts and instructions, the teachings of God. You ready? He what? Say it out loud with me. He what? habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. Where's this counsel come from? The Word of God. Bring me your Bible if you don't mind. This is where he gets his instruction. Not Hollywood. Not Facebook. Not Twitter, not TikTok, but the word of the living God. 
Hallelujah. This is the will of God. This is the plan of God. This is the purpose of God. My desire, why? Because I know this is the only truth in my life. And whatever this counsels me to do is what I'm going to do. I'm going to raise my kids according to this counsel. Not, not social media. Not popularity. What's this say? Can you say man? Envy, attractable. People are going to be attracted to what we have. You, you, the job you worry, people ought to be attracted to your lifestyle. Your school. That's the reason why you, you boys and you girls, single people have to pray. You got to pray through because I'm going to tell you, the world, if they get to know you, is going to be attracted to you. And, they're not, and they may not be walking where you're walking, but you should be walking in a way that makes them want to walk where you're walking. To sit where you sit and to stand where you stand. Woo, hallelujah. I'm preaching better right now than you're helping me. So, so people's going, people that are not saved, people that are not walking where you are, are going to be attracted to you. But you got to be strong enough that you don't be pulled into their world. You pull them into your world. Because of your walk, because of your, your, your stand, and because of your sitting where you rest. Can you say man? Praise God. Because the world should be drawn to us. The world should be attracted. Most envious are we. We're blessed. Why? Because we, we don't walk in the counsel of the world. We don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. We don't stand in the way of sinners. Amen. In other words, I'm not standing in what they stand in. Amen. And, and, and I am not sitting with the scorners. But this is what I am doing. That's what I'm not doing. But this is what I, we know what not to do, but we don't know what to do. Amen. There's a lot in the holiness church and the old church that got away from the, the, the world as far as the look of the world. Amen. And the act, but they did not get rid of this in here and become what? Walking in a desire for the word. Not just, a, but my delight is in the, am I helping you today? Am I teaching to you today? Amen. You say, I'm going to tell you right now. And here we go. The Pentecostals have this. We, we get so caught up in the emotions and the gifts. Come on, somebody. Amen. That that's where we want to live. And we're not based in the word of God. So we live from one gift to another gift. From one prophecy to another prophecy. From one emotional thing to another emotional thing. And that's why our lives is like this and here and here and there and there. We're built on emotion and not the word of the living God. I got one of the greatest prophecies that could ever be given to you. I got a word, yea, saith God. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, who stands in the ways of sinners or sits with the scorners, but his delight and his desire is in the law of the Lord and his law, his precepts, his instructions, his teaching. The, he habitually, that means habit, habit. I habitually meditate. I ponder on his word. I study his word. Amen. I'm telling you the greatest part of service is not the shout. It's not the dance. It's not the music. But my greatest part is teach me, oh God. Teach me, man of God. Let me hear your word. You are to leave here on Sunday nights when we don't preach and say, can you at least give us five minutes of word? Praise God. Why? Because we know where the power and the stability is. 34 years. Hear me. I have not lived from shout to shout. Dance to dance. Camp meeting to camp meeting. But where I walk, where I stand, and where I sit has brought the dance to me. Has brought the shout to me. Has brought the joy to me. I ain't go seeking it. Hear me. It's no difference than you seeking a high in drugs than seeking a high in the spiritual world. You're an emotional junkie. And you live from one emotion to the other. And religion's going to fail you. The church is going to fail you. But if you walk in this, stand in this, sit in this, it's going to bring the dance to you. It's going to bring the shout to you. It's going to bring the victory to you. It's going to bring the camp meeting to you. 
Praise God. Camp meeting comes because of all these Sundays. I'm telling you right now, we're getting ready for camp meeting this morning, even though we're half full. Come on. Amen. We're getting ready for camp meeting this morning. Are you hearing me? Amen. Hallelujah. Why? Because we're listening to the word of God. And what happens in camp meeting is a result of what happened in October or November on a Sunday morning. I came anyway. I came through the storm. I came through the wind. Why? My delight is in the law of the Lord. Lift your hands all over this house and give him praise. I need you to give him praise for the days that you saw nothing and you still were settled. I want you to give him praise for the days that you felt nothing, but you were still settled. I want you to give him praise for making yourself come, making yourself show up. I'm going to tell you, when everything's going great and you come hip-hopping in here, amen, clapping your hands, snapping your fingers, ready to get your praise on. Come on, it ain't near as glorious. That's when you walk in here fighting hell. Fix your hair. Wipe the blood off your nose and off your lip and walk in here and say, I'm here because the Bible said, blessed are they that gather in the house of God. Two or three are gathered in my name. There I'm in the midst. Amen. I'm here because he said, forsake not the assembling of yourself, especially as you see that day approaching. Praise God. I'm living through hell with my children. Well, you need to thank him, not for the glorious days, but for the days you stood for what's right when they didn't want to hear you, but you stood. Even when they got mad and they walked out the door, you still walked in this. You still stood in this. And you sat in it. Hallelujah. God, I feel like preaching. You walk in it. You stand in it. And if you do, Scott, Brother Scott, you're going to sit in it. Oh, there comes a time when I'm not walking or standing. I get to sit in it. I get to rest in it. I get to take my joy in you want any more than that, you're going to have to just praise him on his own. I'm 48. Lift your hands and give him praise all over this house. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 And if I do that, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to be a cedar in Lebanon. My grandchildren's going to rest underneath my limbs. They're going to swing. They're going to rest Hallelujah. My grandchildren are going to wheel me in on Sunday mornings to hear the word of God. My grandchildren are going to sit beside me in the house of God. Hallelujah. That's what I want. Praise God. I get to eat Thanksgiving dinner with her this year. Me and her is excited. Praise God. When Chastity called us, they was Decided to go over there. She was in the background. She said, the preacher's coming to eat with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Lift your hands all over this house. Say, I'm living for more than this moment. Living for them grandchildren days, ain't we? Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. My kids are going to struggle. They're going to wrestle. They're going to fight. I got to help them get through all this mess. I gotta help them in their counsel, and it can't be my counsel. It's gotta be the word of the living God counsel. Woo! Somebody lift your hands. I wanna walk in this. I wanna stand in this. And I wanna sit in this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know as well as I do, our lives are glass house amen it ain't been easy from the beginning through all of the teenage years to the marriage come on to the ministry to now but by the help and grace of God we've walked we've stood and we've sat now we're going to enjoy little sailor come tomorrow praise God hallelujah and enjoy I'm going to tell you the joy we have ain't just the moment it's all of it. And we come through. Come on, somebody. And we come out the other side. 
Hallelujah. You look at a tree, you know it was here when the tornado come, but it's still standing. It was here when the hurricane came through, but it's still standing. It was here when the flood came, but it's still standing. It's here when, come on, I need some people in this house that rejoice over the standing stuff in your life. The stuff that ain't went where, come on, CJ. The stuff that ain't went nowhere. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. But his delights in the law of the Lord. He shall be. He shall be. Somebody say, he shall be. Verse 3 says, he shall be like a tree. Firmly. <laughs> the greatest thing for your children is not giving them what they want. The greatest thing for your children is not... Come on, somebody. Living to give them everything. Because I'm going to tell you, they're going to have desires that ain't right. They're going to have envy things that ain't right. Because there's a counsel from this ungodly world that wants to get them. But blessed is man that don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Hollywood don't dictate what my children's going to dress like. Hollywood ain't going to dictate what my kids listen to. Hollywood ain't going to dictate what my kids watch. CJ, you better get play in a hurry because I'm going to kill it right here. I don't take counsel. I don't take counsel. If I struggle with anything and I see them start struggling in it, that's even more for me to get it right. And say, hey, hallelujah, I know you ain't always had the right answers, but daddy's doing his best to get it straight. But you don't have to walk in that. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to get it right. I got to get it right. I look at mine and say, you ain't going to be no victim. Daddy was a victim at one time, and God delivered me out of being a victim. I was in a dark, deep hole. I didn't go to drugs. I didn't go to alcohol. I went in a shell, and I went deep. I mean deep down inside myself. That I was in a dark cave lost and didn't know how to get out, but all of a sudden the brightest light I ever seen busted up in there at 14 years old, and I heard a voice say, you go to that altar, I'll save you. And it was all because a woman with no, not religion, but a woman with a little beehive on her head was up singing. Had a little ball up there, bobby pins, pinned it up. And she was singing, and the God on the mountain, still God in the valley. When things go wrong, he'll make them right. And I'm telling you what, the power of God swept through that building like a freight train. Came by me and a voice that I didn't know spoke to me and said, you go to that altar, I'll save you. Nobody slapped me in the back of the head. Nobody asked me to go, but the voice said, you go to that altar, I'll save you. I didn't even know what saved was, but I ran to that altar. I fell in that altar. I said, God, whatever that woman on that stage has got, I want it. He didn't hear my intellectual prayer. He didn't hear my, he didn't hear my theological prayer. He didn't hear my learned prayer. He heard my sincere heart. I want whatever that woman on that stage has. Now, theologically, you need to say, I repent of my sins. Theologically, you need to say, Lord, I am sorry. I acknowledge what I've done. The preacher didn't know how to handle sinners like that. And sometimes I'm glad he didn't. Or he'd have messed it up. It was a sincere moment from a sincere seeking heart to a sincere God and God responded and gloriously saved me to the point when I got home that night my mom didn't even know where I'd been when I walked in the door she said what in the where have you been and she said that before she saw me she just heard me come in the door she said where have you been and as she turned and looked and she said and what in the world has happened to you I said mama I went I got she said, don't say another word. You've been somewhere and got saved, haven't you? 
I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I'd know that look anywhere. She was a backslider. She said, I'd know that look anywhere. I said, yes, ma'am. All the beer in Milwaukee and Budweiser and moonshine. Bonfire in the backyard with all the drugs you would have wanted being sold right out of my backyard, right over on old Sampson Highway in Elba, Alabama, right down the road from Haley. How can you get saved in the middle of all that and still keep going? Because something died in here. Some kind, I got born again. 14 years old, you come too late to tell me it ain't real. You come too late to tell me it don't work. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to stand in it. And I'm going to sit in it. It ain't always walking. It ain't always standing. It ain't always sitting. It's a little bit of it all. But guess what he says? He shall be. Somebody shout, he shall be. Not might be, but shall be like a tree, firmly planted and tended. <laughs> Somebody say tended. By the streams of water. What's tending to your roots? The Spirit of God. The river of God, streams of water, ready to bring forth his fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Oh, God, have mercy. You ought to lift your hands right there and say, I will live. I will not walk, stand, or sit in the counsel of the ungodly. I will delight and desire his precepts, his law, his principles. Hallelujah. Because I want to be firmly planted tended to by the river of the Holy Ghost bringing forth fruit and not fade in the winter and everything he does you not hearing that because if you did you're going to be jumping up letting your glory come out of you everything he does didn't say it wasn't going to get fault didn't say it wasn't going to get cut off didn't say it wasn't going to go through storms didn't say that storm wasn't going to break it in half halfway up it just said he shall prosper Yea, have I not said to thee, look not to the left or to the right? Have I not spoken to thee from my word? Be not pulled by the voices around thee. But tune thine ear to me, my voice, my word. Focus on me. In the times that thou livest is such chaos. But I say to thee in the midst of the chaos and the chaoticness of thy life, I stand sure and firm. Tune thine ear. Teach thine ear to hear me, saith God. Not the voices around thee. The voices that speak. The influences around thee and the voices of thine own mind and heart. Tune not to. Tune to me, saith God. Tune thyself to my word. That means get yourself in tune with me. Align yourself. Have not I said, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Clear thine ear to hear me, saith God. For I speak to thee this day. I will lead thee and I will guide thee in a world. 
that pulls to the left and to the right and to the behind. Hear me, saith God. I will help thee. I will be with thee. I will comfort thee. I will protect thee. I will provide for thee. And I will bless thy life. And you and me, saith God, will look back and see it was the goodness of thy Lord, the faithfulness of thy Lord that kept thee. Yea, saith God, clear thyself, pull thyself, listen to me, tune thyself to my voice and my word, and watch what I do in thy life, for I am thy God, and thou art mine, saith the Holy One of Israel. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, lift your heart with your hands all over this house and say, Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Be it unto me according to thy word. Be it unto me according to thy word. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me focus on thee. Let me tune everything out but thy word, thy voice. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Such chaos times, the Lord said. Hallelujah. If that's what you want, you want to walk, you want to stand, you want to sit, won't you stand to your feet all over this building and say, that's my desire. Hallelujah. Another commentary to that says, What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways? He won't walk in step with the wicked. In other words, we're out of step with the wicked. We're not in the same step that nor share in the sinner's way, nor be found sitting. His passion is to remain true to the word of the I am, meditating day and night on true revelation of the light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss. Amen. How many knows living by the brooks of bliss, of the Holy Spirit is the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of life. He's never dry. He's never fainting. He's ever blessed and ever prosperous. Can you shout amen? Two different people David's describing in this scripture. Two different ways, two different destinies. It's always that through the Bible. Cain, Abel, Saul, David, Jesus, Antichrist. Always two. Which one of the two are you going to be? Which two ways are you going to walk in? What two destinies? Which one of the destinies are you going to fall into? Come on, lift your hands all over this house and say, Lord, I want my delight and desire to be thy holy word. Let's start coming all over this building.